Hi everyone, this is Pastor Tom Holliday, and we are beginning today a study in the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, the Old Testament book of Joshua, is an expression of how God can use one person, the man Joshua. But it's not a book that's just about what God did in Joshua's life. It's a book about what God can do in your life. And today we stand at the beginning of Joshua, and as we stand in this place, beginning this book, I want to take today to sort of introduce to you where we are. I want to take a look backward, a look forward, and a look inward. And as we take a look each of those directions, really today you might get in your mind a staff, a staff of leadership like Moses and Joshua would use. Get in your mind also a sword, a sword of victory, and also get in your mind a scroll, a scroll upon which God's word would be written, a staff, a sword, and a scroll. You get those things in mind as we begin this study together. It'll help you to picture what God wants to do in your life through this study of the book of Joshua. So first, a look backwards. As Joshua begins, as this book begins, we're standing on the brink of the promised land. To understand the battles before us as they go into the promised land, you have to be reminded of the struggles that were behind the people of Israel. You remember that they had suffered over four centuries of slavery in Egypt, years and years and years of bitterness and hardship. And then we read in God's word about the deliverance of God that came through Moses. You might remember much of this story, the plagues that came against Egypt, the people being set free through the night of the Passover, the Red Sea and how God allowed the people to walk through on dry ground, the pillars of fire and of smoke that guided the people, the instruction of God at Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments that came down to Moses, the fear that the people have had of entering the promised land, the 12 spies that went out, and how most of those spies came back and reported, it's too fearful, we can't go in. And so then the wilderness wandering, the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. You might not know how much Joshua was in the middle of all that God was doing. We first meet Joshua in the scripture, not in the book of Joshua, but back in the battle against the Amalekites. In that battle, God told Moses that as long as he held his arms up, the people would be victorious. And so Aaron and Hur stood on either side of Moses and held his arms up so that the staff of God could be held up, so that the people could continue to be victorious. But you might not remember that the general of the army that continued to be victorious that day was a man by the name of Joshua. He wasn't holding Moses' arms up. He was out fighting the battle. Joshua became, until Moses' death, Moses' personal servant. That meant that he had the privilege of going with Moses to the top of Mount Sinai as the Ten Commandments were given. Many pictures that we see show just Moses going up to the mountain, but Joshua went with him. What glory he experienced. There probably was no brighter moment ever in his life. He also experienced in his serving of Moses one of the darkest moments of his life shortly thereafter when he went with the 12 spies to spy out the new promised land. And two people, Joshua and Caleb, came back and said, we can take it, God has given it to us. But the other 10 spies said, the, the giants are too big in the land. The problems are too difficult in the land. We'll never be able to be victorious. And because the people listened to those 10 negative reports, God did not allow them to go into the promised land at that time. But instead, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Now, just think of this. Joshua was wandering in the desert for 40 years thinking, if only they'd listened to me. If only they'd listened to me. And then at the end of those 40 years, they're coming to the end of that time of wandering. They know they're going to be about ready to go into the land. And then maybe the worst blow of all comes for Joshua. 
Moses dies. The one who'd been leading them all this time dies right before they go into the promised land. Can you imagine the feelings he must have had about God's work in his life? Confusion and anger and disappointment all mixed together. But then Joshua realized something. God was putting a staff in his hand. Those years of service had prepared him to lead. And we see as we look at Joshua 1 this week, 1 and 2, that in one part of his mind, Joshua was terrified. But in the other part of his mind, he was looking forward to what God was going to do through him for the people of Israel. It was God's encouragement that pulled Joshua through. We're going to see this throughout this book. That's a look backwards. Now a look forward. A look forward to what we're going to be studying in the book of Joshua. And if you look at the outline of the book of Joshua, it's a pretty simple outline of this book. It's really a two-part outline. Part one is chapters 1 to 12. Part two is chapters 13 to 24. So it splits pretty evenly in the book. Chapters 1 to 12 are about conquest. Chapters 13 to 24 are about settlement. First, they have the victory, the conquest of the land, and then they settle in the land. Chapters 1 to 12, conquest, God gives them victory after victory after victory at Jericho and eventually Ai and over the Hittites and the Amorites, over the kings of Jerusalem and Hebron and Eglon, they are victorious. They suffered only one defeat, and that was when they trusted in themselves rather than the Lord, but God even turned that defeat into a victory. And so God not only put a staff in Joshua's hand, he also put a sword, a sword of judgment for the Canaanites and a sword of victory for Israel. Now the Canaanites... If you go back all the way to the book of Genesis, all the way to the book of Genesis, these are people that had been flaunting the character of God in their lives. These were very evil people. And because of this, God used them as the hand of judgment as Joshua came into the promised land. But there was more than judgment going on here. God was also giving them this land. So it's a sort of victory for Israel. God works miracles after miracle after miracle after miracle. The dividing of the Jordan River he causes the sun to actually stand still for a time in one battle. The crumbling of the walls of Jericho, one of the most famous miracles in all of the Bible. But perhaps the greatest miracle was one that's not talked about very much, a quiet, personal miracle. God gave Joshua the courage and the strength to lead. God gave Joshua the courage and the strength to become the one who led them into God's promise. So there is conquest in chapters 1 to 12, but then there is settlement in chapters 13 to 24. After the victory, the land was divided, according to God's direction, amongst the 12 tribes of Israel. It was divided to complete the conquering. Sadly, they never did totally complete the conquering of the land. They didn't follow God's directions entirely, but that's the reason it was divided, to complete the conquering, but it was also divided to give everyone an inheritance. And nine of the tribes were given territory in the land. Three were given territory right on the other side of the Jordan. One tribe, Levi, received no land at all because they were the priestly tribe. They didn't have land. They just served people who had the lands. The Bible says this near the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua 21, 43 to 45. So the Lord gave Israel all the land that he had sworn to give their forefathers, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them, not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. That's what the book of Joshua is about. God had made a promise that he was going to give them this land. And God fulfilled every bit of his promise. Now, with that in mind, 
let's also take a look inward, not just a look backwards and a look forwards, but also a look inward. Because this book is not meant simply to tell their story. It's a book that's written to change your life. So alongside that staff, that staff of leadership with Joshua, that sword, that sword of victory for Joshua, also see a scroll, a scroll of God's eternal, eternal word for your life. Remember that the only defeat that Joshua suffered came when they got away from God's word to them. This is what you should do. And after that defeat, Joshua began to make it a habit to read from God's word to the people after each victory. So their victories were based on God's word in their life. And in many ways, as we walk through this book, you're going to see that the book of Joshua, even how it's laid out, and how God causes them to be able to be victorious in the promised land, gives you and I the model of how God's promises can be made real in your life. It's a very simple model. You can see it in the outline of the book of Joshua. Remember the outline. There's conquest, and then there's settlement. How do you win your greatest battles? How do you win your greatest spiritual battles in life? The battles with yourself. How do you win your greatest battles to actually believe God in new ways, to actually reach out for the vision that he has for your life? Conquest and settlement. Conquest. God provides victory. He provides victory in your life over sin, over death, over Satan. That victory occurred in the past, in the cross, and in the tomb of Jesus Christ. It's settled. It's settled. And you trust in that conquest. You trust in the victory that he has already given. You don't try to build that victory on your own. You couldn't. I couldn't. So you trust in what he's done. But then there's also settlement. You have to allow that victory to begin to possess your life. Sometimes the possession of your life through that victory comes very quickly. Sometimes it comes very slowly. Sometimes God works through great miracles. Other times through the patient persistence that he gives into your life. But whatever it is, however he does it, he is working to bring his promise into your life. He's working to bring his victory into your life. Now, victory in the Christian life does not mean you have perfect circumstances. It never has meant that. It didn't mean that for Joshua. You look in the New Testament, it doesn't mean it for the Apostle Paul. It doesn't mean perfect circumstances. That's the victory of heaven. The victory of the Christian life on this earth means you're trusting him in every circumstance. And because of that, you're seeing how he works through any circumstance. That's the victory that he wants to give in your life. With that in mind, let me leave you with a verse we're going to look at again tomorrow. His word to Joshua in Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's take a minute to pray together that the truth of this book would make its way into our lives, our daily lives as we study it together. Our Father, we pray, I pray, that as we study this book of Joshua together, the truth of your victory for our lives would be made more clear than it ever has been. And the truth of how you want to accomplish this victory, the truth of how you want to bring your promises into our daily lives. Lord, help us to see it like we've never seen it before. And because we see it in a new way, help us to trust you in a way we've never trusted you before. And as we trust you in a new way, I pray that we would have the glorious victory of seeing how your promises are made real in our lives in a way never like never before. I pray that through the study of this book, we would see how our biggest battles, how we can win those battles that maybe have been there for a long, long time in a temptation, in a sin, in a relationship, in a, in a dream, in a vision. Lord, help us to see how those battles can be won. 
Help us to see how you can bring your victory, not our victory, but your victory into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at where the life of victory begins. <laughs>